Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks, man. How are you? Very well indeed. Very well indeed. Are you? Yes, yes. No particular reason. Actually, wait, there is. Uh, saw a uh, good friend of mine in a lovely cafe, one of my favourite cafes in Berlin. Location undisclosed. But yeah, very nice. Good times, good vibes. Yeah, I mean, the amount of credit you take for gentrifying food places, don't name them. I have not identified them at all. Oh, no. really? Yeah, I haven't named them. I haven't named them. Yeah. I mean, you used to. You That's used true. To, and then you stopped. because Times have changed. Uh, we hope everyone else is staying safe and well. The podcasts are arriving in your podcast app of choice. They can fast. They are indeed. Uh, on that, thanks to everyone who's tagging us in Spotify wrapped lists. Yeah, very, wow. very kind of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening, honestly. I really appreciate that. It is it? Yeah, yeah. We, we genuinely are very very grateful for everyone who listens and if you haven't checked Wrighty's house you've got a bonus Musa Gwanga on there that's true really enjoyed well, not that. a bonus mo- it was the original Musa Gwanga it wasn't like a bonus <laughs> no, God, imagine like, more than one no, no, like, it wasn't a uh, variant no thank, it was an thank actual Musa Gwanga with Ian Wright talking about England and all kinds of other stuff go and check it out now on the Wrighty's house uh, feed that's the word I, want, I was looking for it's been a long World Cup already Yes. Any other admin? Uh, that is it so far, I think. Yeah, yeah. No other admin at this point. Okay. Well, in that case, we're going to get on to Wednesday's games and uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. After this. 
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, man, we have to begin with the big news in that the knockout stages of the World Cup will feature the first ever Dundee United player. Oh, wow. Aziz Behic for Australia will be, be the first Dundee United player to feature in the knockout stages of the World Cup. The ever. first ever. Yeah, because all the great Dundee teams, they missed out on the great Scotland yeah. team. They didn't coincide. That's so interesting. There you go. That's and we're going to start with Australia because the scenes that we were seeing from Melbourne shouts to Ellie Menjim who was there covering it for SBS and just it's kind of like it seems like Ellie's dream job right yeah covering of course the Socceroos at a World Cup back in Melbourne um, th- th- people were coming down to Fed Square in Melbourne at 1am I think it was a one, no 2am kickoff it was mm. and it was full uh, they went through after a beating Denmark 1-0 thanks to eight Really, really lovely Matthew Leckie goal. Beautiful counter-attack, which still left him a lot to do. And he went in and out to finish. Stunning counter-attack. Do you know what this gave me? It gave me Spurs against Ajax vibes. Actually, it felt more like Luke Skywalker about to make the shot by himself. You know, you know, he takes, you know, Skywalker takes the sights off and it's like, use the force. (laughs) It was like him against two TIE fighters. (laughs) You know what I mean? He was by himself. It was an incredible counter. This is the thing. Australia made the break so well against Denmark, right? They made the break so well. But even then, the quality of this World Cup, some of the covering defense, he still had so much to do. Like if you Mm. freeze, if you actually freeze it before he takes on the two men, you're like, he's still, how is he going to finish that? And he just goes like in and out and they just lose him in their sights. It is a gorgeous finish. Loved it. Uh, it was an amazing goal. I really, really yeah, love yeah. this goal. And I thought Denmark, though... Epic. <sighs> Disappointed from Denmark? There have been multiple disappointments in this World Cup. Mm. Multiple. Some of them have stayed in the tournament. We won't necessarily name and shame them just yet, but there are some disappointments. <laughs> <We'll do it. laughs> some disappointments are still in this tournament. Um, and some big fish, some big fish went out. Denmark, Denmark, very disappointing. Um, a lot of people's dark horses. Belgium and disarray. Weirdly, not mine, actually. Were they one of your horses? There was nothing, there was nothing about Denmark to suggest they had uh, that extra gear. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I thought if they were clicking, fully clicking, they could have been interesting. pretty interesting. Right. I, I, don't get me wrong. I thought they might have gone through ahead of Australia, but I didn't yeah, think... Yeah, I thought so, actually. But it felt like... It felt like second round exit, if that makes sense. Um, so what's that, the first time Australia threw to knockout since 2006? Yeah, which was their first time. So yeah, their second time in their history. So the second time through. And uh, back then, Graham Arnold was Gus Hiddink's assistant. Wow, he learned well, obviously. He He's learned very well. He's back for more. Amazing. He's back for more. Um, a quick shout out. We shouted him out the other day, but another shout out to Harry Suter, who's been... Oh my God. Okay, another I'm glad unbelievable you- performance. Wow. And yeah. has been... A revelation, not a, re- not a revelation, but... You do it on this stage. People are start looking more yeah. and more. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, he, at the moment, he's, he's in a shout for, for a team of the tournament. Oh yeah, he's definitely in the squad. <laughs> I think he's definitely in the squad for sure. He yeah. makes it, there's like a 26, he'll make the 26, I'd say. Yeah. Really impressive. So Australia are going to go through 
to face Argentina, who that, kind of took care of business, actually. That's a, that's a horrible matchup for Argentina, you know. Against Australia? Yeah, I don't like that for them at all. I don't like that for them at all. I mean, I think it depends what Argentina we get. If we get game one Argentina, then they're going to make this game very, very difficult for themselves. They seem to be slowly clicking into gear, and yeah. I just fear for Australia in that there's just a little bit too much individual quality from Argentina. Oh, for sure. But they, I think Denmark would have been an easier proposition than, than Australia, I think. You think so? Yeah, I think Australia are like, they, 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 can, they can cause you trouble. Set pieces, switches, mm. they're awkward. And they got over the sort of, I wouldn't say it was first night nerves against France because France won a different one. But what I would say, credit to Argentina, after that, performance against Saudi Arabia, where frankly, they should have, they should have been outside in the first half. That was a real oversight from them. They've got some really good cohesion back in the central areas. Their match control was really impressive against um, Poland in the last game. We'll get into that in a sec. Yeah. But I think, again, the problem, the one problem I think that they have is, is they're finishing from their front three. And Alvarez could be a big, a big part of this. We, we mentioned it before. We mentioned it before, like Man City earlier in the season, mentioned his quality. And it's really interesting how the kind of, the younger players are stepping up. Well, I mean, this is, this is, this. Enzo and Alvarez. Yeah, yeah. this really echoes, I think, the latter stages of Messi's Barcelona career in mm. the sense that yes. it, it felt like there was, for a few, good few years, it was just him with a load of missed, like ill-fitting pieces to use mm. an Okwankarism. And now he's getting help. Yes. He's not firing in goals. Like we'll talk about the penalty in a bit, but um, he's getting help. Like you said, it was mm. a great, I thought Alvar- um, Alvarez's goal was amazing, actually. Mm. Yes. And Alexis McAllister as well was... Uh, Listen, the Brighton players stepped up at this World Cup big time. Yeah, they really for- have. Yeah. yeah. Should we talk about the penalty though? Because I don't think it was a penalty. I didn't think it was mm. a penalty in real time. I didn't really think it was a penalty on a replay. Yeah. We've seen some bad shouts actually this tournament. Yeah, we really have actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing about that was the penalty award, it was, it was justice done, but there's also the element of Messi taking penalties for Argentina or indeed for his team. I'm never fully sure about it. Yeah, but I mean, his conversion rate is essentially like, Three in four, right? Just over, I think. It's about it's around seventy eight percent. So yeah. seven point eight in ten. He never um, inspires a huge amount of confidence, though. It's really weird. Maybe it's because the one, maybe because he misses, he misses a disproportionate number of, of big ones. Then again, having said that, we we rule out the intangible of the of the goalkeeper facing him. Well, because Chesney was it's been on one the entire. If anyone's going to save a messy penalty, it's this guy. Yeah, I mean, I literally tweeted. I think Chesney wanted that to be given just so he could save it. Oh, for sure. Because he saved, we, we bigged him up in that last, uh, in the last game where he saved, he made that double save from the penalty and then the one where he flicked it over straight off the rebound. Oh my God, that is still, that's a save of the tournament. He's still. made some really good ones for Juve. Save the tournament, yeah. Um, and I think he was the first player, he was the first goalkeeper of this World Cup so far to make nine or more saves in a game. And, and he, he made eight in the first half, wasn't it? Like yeah. <laughs> and like Argentina were, they Pepper. were kind of, they were, having, they were having fun, man. And Chesney really kept Poland in that game. He's probably their player of the tournament. Actually, I think he is, yeah. He is, I, because I think, the other what, players have only... Sorry, carry on, carry on. No, no, no. I'm just, I mean, basically, the players who haven't been booked and Chesney are the, basically the Polish players of the tournament. Yeah, because that's Zielinski's essentially, brought it. That's Zielinski's essentially what's got it. them through. I know yeah. in the end, Saudi Arabia scored a decisive goal against Mexico that meant it didn't really matter at the yellow cards, but I think that's because Mexico were pushing for it. Mm. The yellow card thing is wild that we've seen another team go out on fair play. 
Right. Quote unquote fair play. I think it's- but That shows it. how close this group is though. Yeah, for sure. It actually really just says how close this group is because Saudi were outstanding against Poland. Mm. They were outstanding, um, even though they lost. And it's yeah, weird true. because again, you look at the group and you won't see that reflected at all. Um, that was their best performance of the tournament, actually. The game against uh, Poland, having seen them in all three games. Poland were uninspired. Yeah. Uninspired in this game. Unimpressed. They played like a team that knew they had to contain. Argentina took the initiative. The thing that's most positive about this penalty miss actually for Argentina was it forced them to rely on players other than Messi. And it is extremely positive for Argentina that you have players like McAllister and Fernandez and Alvarez stepping up, especially when Lautaro is still struggling for goals. And this is the thing, this is what frustrates me so much about that game against Saudi from an Argentina perspective. Get the damn goals. Get your players off the mark. Look at Rashford. Rashford's playing with freedom now. Rashford's trying things, trying bicycle kicks, trying stepovers because he got his early goal against Iran, right? Mm. Latara didn't get it. He could have fed there. Now he's gone to the knockout stages and he hasn't got a goal to his name. And this could all have been avoided. This is the big problem for Argentina, I think, because as impressive as they were for several minutes or several phases against Poland, they could have got firing earlier. They were like really there's, wasteful, there's a, yeah. There's a parallel universe where they beat Saudi 3-1. Yeah, like 3-1, yeah. 3-1. No disrespect to Saudi. 3-1. And they're up and running. So, yeah, yeah, and they put five past Poland. Yeah, they're still playing catch-up. They're still playing catch-up, Argentina. But the, I think the, the kind of slightly menacing thing for any, oppos- uh, any opponents of Argentina is that they seem to be slowly... All they need to... They, they're slowly playing their way into form and all they really need, need to do is just like fire it up. Yes. And if they Maybe, do, yeah, 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 yeah. Like for example, true. if they, if they really, really click and everything comes together, cause it feels like everything's about there almost now. Uh, mm. and, and it really didn't in the first game. I don't think. If they start running those counters a little fair, bit. Sure, you know, yeah. they were like marginal offsides that meant they could have, they could have felt like they clicked in that first game. But I think that they are starting to, hmm, they don't seem to be, uh, not everything seems to be as, what's the word? Like, Brief criticism. I'm going to make a brief criticism of the greatest of all time. One brief Messi critique. When you're breaking on a one-on-one, Messi doesn't have the speed to consistently lead a counter-attack anymore. No, there was that one moment in the second half where all of a sudden everyone caught up with him. And I was like, a couple, maybe a 50 That There's a time when Leo Messi, Leo Messi, there was a time in 2007, Leo Messi would outpace Kaka with the ball. Mm. We saw it. He would outpace Kaka at full speed with the ball. And that's not the guy he is. And you can't lead a counter. So there's a time where I would say it's a small thing, but Argentina do have a big counter-attack capability component. And when they're leading counters, they've got players like Di Maria that can raid alongside him. Alvarez can like get scooting as well. I just think that Argentina are kind of evolving. We've mentioned Atleti before. They've evolved into a kind of Simeone's Atleti. And that's how they're going to have to play this. I don't think Argentina are going to be if they're going to win this World Cup, it won't be as a ball-dominant team. I, I think that's a little unfair, to be honest. I no, don't I don't, think- no, no, I don't think they're a ball-dominant team. Not, not against, against a France, against a France or a Brazil or a Spain, this Argentina team is not going to be ball-dominant. It's just not. Like, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I don't, they don't have the drive from the fullbacks. They can compete in central areas, but they don't have... I can see them spending like large periods chasing against a Brazil or against a, I'm, I'm thinking, can they control a midfield against a, against a Spain, against I mean, a, I, I don't think, I, 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 who I, can. I, I don't think hardly any, hardly any teams can do that against Spain. Against France, on the other hand though, 
I think it's less cut and dried because I don't think that French midfield, depending on who plays, I mean, we'll talk about France in a little bit, but they're Camavinga at left back tonight. <laughs> like, yeah, they've they've got they've got they've got some uh, they've got some concerns. I mean, I think it's just the key components of that midfield are just too young. I think to be like right now, I think it's almost no, like agree. one 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 tournament too soon. Yeah, in a few years, however, good luck trying to get the ball off that French midfield. Yeah, they've, had too, they've, they've, they've had too many injuries. I think. Yeah, I, know, I don't sure. want to be like negative, but they've had yeah, too but many. I injuries. mean, we're talking about precisely about the players who are there, not not yeah, yeah, not the yeah. players who aren't. Mm. But um, no, I think that with that, I think the thing about this Argentina team is that they're not. They kind of rely on like relentless chaos. Mm. It doesn't seem to be like specifically absorbing pressure and then hitting teams on the counter-attack. It doesn't really seem to be, you know, working overload, switching like we saw with the US the other day or, um, you know, like Spain just keeping control of games with the ball. Mm. It feels like they can turn it over quite easily and before you know it, they're running towards their own goal. Mm. There were moments in the game against Poland where it just felt like it was relentless. And I think that that actually is quite an interesting way of progressing through a tournament when you're essentially just you're overwhelming teams mm. I don't know I mean, if that I don't know if that's it's, a, I don't it's that's, hard though, it's hard though because hard they don't maintain well but also because the teams are not it's hard to know I, I still don't fully know how good Argentina are yeah but this is the thing I was going to say the sense? problem with that is that if it doesn't work like we saw against Saudi Arabia it mm. unravels very quickly it's a funny one isn't it because this group is a strange one where Argentina came to this tournament obviously the South American champions, uh, very impressed against Italy in the warm-ups. But I'm still not fully sure what their peak looks like. Just because the players, the teams have come out against such variable quality, like, you know, Poland have a very good midfield, but they didn't play as we know they can. Like the Poland that performed tonight is constituent elements. Those aren't the Poland players that we see for their clubs and excelling. They are playing very much within themselves. I just feel like they need an extra gear from somewhere. Now, Credit to them. They got that from Enzo Fernandez, who was brilliant. And I'm really excited for him. And I think he's huge for them. Alvarez will be a big deal. Um, Di Maria still has to catch fire. We still need to see Di Maria go to a kind of Dembele level. We just need 20, we need 20% more from like the key players. We need 2014 Di Maria. Yeah, we, which we, yeah, we actually. do actually. No, we, we do, we do. <laughs> but then he's a funny one because he catches fire. And when he does, no one touches him. Mm. No one in football touches Di Maria when he's on. And we're just, I think we're waiting for him to heat up. We'll see. There was a bit when he tried a nutmeg in the second half and I thought, ah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're, he's in there. He's in there. <laughs> Knockout Di Maria is a different phase. Yeah. And the one thing I'll say in Argentina's defence is, I think they've got more in them. To be honest, I think of every team that I've seen so far go through, I think they all have. Yes. And they actually, I think that the fright of their life that they got against Saudi was very good for them. Actually, it could be Spain. It could be the Switzerland, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. That's it right. Be. That's I right. don't. I still think there are better teams in the tournament. But like I said, I think that they went through the Copper America with the same mentality and mm. the same intensity. That it was like we have to do this now. And I think that there are good footballers in there, and probably that, like we said before, the best Argentina squad technically and from a consistent level throughout the squad that there's been for a while. They really do feel like this is the chance to do it, and. I think you see that in the performances where sometimes they may abandon a little bit of, I don't know, let's just say patterns mm. for just really going for it. And I personally find that quite intriguing to watch as a neutral. Yeah, they're going to make, it's going to be hard. It's almost like they're in a parallel World Cup where the rest of the teams are kind of in a kind of almost shootout phase. Yeah. Like, and Argentina are 
they're going to advance with one nils, two nils, two ones. That's, you know, I don't think they'll ever sort of go out, like, especially in second round. I don't think they go low to unthrash teams. They do feel a bit 2014, actually, in a good way. Mm. Um, and yeah, they, no one's going to want to face them, frankly. But I still think the Australia game could be a difficult one. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's talk about Mexico because oh, there was they were brilliant. Bar an offside buttock, they could have been through. They, they could have been through, and another a couple of very uh, unnecessarily premature runs that they could have timed better because they had so much space to run into. I think this game was brilliant and I think actually tonight's games was pro- it was probably like the best night of the tournament so far from a football point of view and that's fair yeah yeah, um, yeah. and oh, I mean early, in the first half to be fair like Saudi Arabia had a couple of chances where they could have gone one up yeah like Mexico just seemed to come alive in the second half just that like you know Napoli Lozano really turned up yeah really turned up actually the Napoli gang they've done pretty well at this tournament um, the Napoli gang the Napoli gang yeah Lozano was, was full force and look, 3-0 for me would have been a fair outcome. Just the way that Mexico absolutely mm. went for them. We, we've not seen obviously an abundance of free kick goals at this tournament. Um, I think Chavez only got the second, but what a strike that is. Yeah, it was Rashford's and then, I mean, this free kick Laser was guided. honestly, honestly one of the best free kicks I think I've ever seen in a while. Ever Cup. seen, yeah. Central, full view of it by the keeper <laughs> and to get it up and down from there. About half a kilometre out. Yeah, half a kilometer. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. It was genuinely unbelievable. And then he had a second one a few minutes later when he went for the other corner. Yes. And it was a really, really good save. Yeah, it was on target. That was on target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Knocked away. Unbelievable. Oh, I think they really deserve to go through. But here's the thing, though. No World Cup is complete without an injustice. Mm-hmm. You need an injustice. You need a disappointment. You need a, obviously, you need a catfish. You need a dark horse. You need an injustice. Those are the rules. And you need a team to go away feeling like we had another round to give. Do you know what? In a way, I'm kind of glad that it didn't come down to the disciplinary thing. Yeah, that would have been awful. Awful. I mean, if it had stayed 2-0, then they would have been out um, for having too many yellow cards. Uh, quick shout out to Dermot Corrigan, by the way, who <laughs> tweeted. He was basically like, if Poland need to watch out for yellow cards, they need to get Krakowiak off the pitch now. <laughs> and then he got because booked like five walking, minutes later. He's not just a walking yellow card. a walking yellow card machine. At PSG in Sevilla, he was just like, he was nailed on booking. And then sure enough, he got a booking. <laughs> like, the, guy, the kind of player who the ref is like, have you got a yellow? Have you got a yellow yet? No, 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 ref. Okay, well, here's one because he's probably done something. I'm sure there are players who just basically start on pre-printed yellow cards and they hand out like the team sheet. It's like, well, that person's on a yellow. It's like, you know, like Darren Brown, when they do the whole, like, if you could just, uh, you know, take the card out of the envelope that's been sealed for five years before you picked the card or whatever. <laughs> and it's actually just is. like, it's got your name on it. You're like, no, what? Like, no. It's just like, I knew, I knew you were going to get a yellow card. Uh, it's an audio format, so you won't have been able to see my magician moves. It was very, it was very good. I can assure yeah. you all. Roll up, roll up. Um, 
Ugh. Anyway, it was a lovely goal at the end by Al Dawazari. Uh, it was a really good finish, actually. I think it was. It, it was. It felt like the first time that Saudi Arabia got out of their half for about half an hour. Yeah, because Mexico were giving it to them. That narrow offside that could have made oh. it three 0 Ah, but again, it's the thing. You know why it happens because you, you go early because in the right house group. No, I'm not. I'm not happy because some of the. Do you know what it is? Some of us because l- people are not doing themselves justice. Some of, us, some of us have to time our runs. They're not doing themselves justice. This is the thing. The frustration with the offsides. And I've, I've always had a thing about them. It's just, it's easy money, right? Offside runs are easy money. And I get it. Like in a game like this, there's anxiety, there's stress, there's tension. Like you're going out of a World Cup. It's just like, when you see elite players going early like they do, it just, it frustrates me. Just for their sakes, you know? Mm. Because you've done all the other hard work. Time your runs, angle your runs. Because that was, they had, if he'd made the run on time, he still would have got to the keeper first. Sorry, before, I, just, yeah. sorry I just thought of a Stadio t-shirt idea. Musa says, time your runs. Time, I did put a very hot take in the group, didn't I? Which one was it? Which, I, Which one? The, the one about not giving us anything in this World Cup. <laughs> I can't remember that one. I won't share it. No, no. no please don't. <laughs> <laughs> so that meant that Mexico are out. Poland are through with Argentina. Poland will face France, who... Went through despite losing 1-0 to Tunisia. They were heavily rotated, France. Yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah huge amount um, of changes. And uh, I thought Tunisia were good. They t- really took advantage of it. They had the ball in there really early on from a, uh, was it a free kick? And then a lot uh, of those players know each other because they were very chummy. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah they were, they were, they're, they're really friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was yeah. an amazing finish by, by Gandry. Yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous. A relief for Steve Mandanda that the goal was disallowed. They, um, they did a big rotation actually. There's a, there's a stat about how is there only two seven yeah, seven no. players in the France team had seven or fewer caps. Wow. So it was a complete. I mean, it's a total rotation. Um, I mean, like we said before, Camavinga uh, was playing left back. Yeah, not sure about that to be honest. <laughs> he was probably France's best player. <laughs> this is my slight worry about Deschamps. Like this reliance on the core. Mm. I mean, I know he's got a new core now because he's lost players for injury, but. Just this kind of almost over-reliance and not allowing fringe players to play their way in. It's been a criticism I've made of him before. It worked out for him in 2018, but it definitely did in 2016 at the Euros. Um, so yeah, slightly concerned for him there, I suppose. I but mean, yeah, um, Wabi Kazri absolutely spooked Deschamps because after his goal, Deschamps brought on Kylian Mbappe, Adrian Rabiot and William Saliba. And then, Which was interesting. About 10 minutes later, brought on Griezmann, and then a few minutes mm. after that, brought on Dembele. So he used all five subs in a game mm. that they were already through. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that, to be honest, that decision-making. I mean, I just think that they probably saw that Australia result and thought, oh God, if Australia, like, all of a sudden go on a tear and we concede another one, we could... Yeah, we don't want to go through like, second, yeah. We could, for some, like, inexplicable reason, get ourselves into trouble. They end up facing Argentina. Oof. And who wants... And you can see that. You can see... No one wants that, actually. That's a horrible proposition. Yeah. I think in the second round, yeah, I think it's just, it's second round games are, are really weird when you see two heavyweights go up against each yeah. other. Yeah. Because I think it's, it almost feels, it almost feels like laced with a bit of sadness because neither of them are ready to go. And I know that yeah. that sounds like no one's ready to go home in a World Cup, but I think it's a bit different. For example, like no disrespect to Australia whatsoever, but you saw the reaction of just how much this means and how, how, it's not taken for granted from countries like Australia yeah. and, yeah. you know, Poland as well, to be fair. Yeah. 
Argentina going through, France going through, it's obviously, it's expected. It's like the bare minimum to get through the group. So I think then when, when those kind of uh, teams meet in the knockout, it always feels a bit like, oh. Oh, I loved it. I, I loved mean, it. you do. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Listen, France, Argentina was closing, my favorite closing, game. Closing the trap door going. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I've said this a thousand times. That game was the making of France in the last World Cup. Yeah, true. It absolutely was because they got spooked to hell. And of course, Pogba just absolutely balled out. So did Jiri, so did Mbappe. Mbappe went to warp drive, but Pavard Mbappe's already. <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. <laughs> Wow, Pavard really ate off that. He ate off the, has a man ever eaten so much of a half volley? I, I mean, it was a really good goal. No, no, I'm not, no, 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 <laughs> I, no, I, no. Listen, I'm not hating. It was sensational. It was the timing of that goal, mm. the quality of that goal. It's one of the best goals that, is, that will ever be scored mm. in any elite competition because it was like, it was scored just after Di Maria went into warp drive himself. I mean, it's just, yeah. That 15 minute passage of play where Di Maria gets one and then like Pavard comes back with one. It's just like, it's wild. Anyway, wrong World Cup. Wrong World Cup, yeah. This focus, World Cup. Focus on this one. This World Cup, um, on the other hand. France against Poland. France with questions to answer. Tunisia, much respect to them. Unlucky not to get uh, a couple of wins in this group. Unlucky not to be through. But yeah, that's, that's sad for them. France, Poland. France should do that. But if Poland get more expansive, who knows? I, I, I just don't think that Poland have the firepower. That's the thing. Mm. France have too many tools. Ironic is they have Lewandowski, one of the, one of the yeah, greatest number nines in the world. They've got Milik. Milik has, that thing has never really fired, that configuration. Poland have never quite got that mm. to really work, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, worth mentioning, there was a 98th minute equaliser ruled out by Antoine Griezmann. There was, okay. there was. Yeah. Uh, it was the right decision though. Yeah, it was, definitely. Griezmann was offside. Yeah, yeah, it was. Before we go, a little bit of sad and concerning news. England announced that Benjamin White has been given permission to leave the squad and go back to England and he won't mm. be returning to the squad for the World Cup due to personal reasons and they asked for privacy. Um, all we can say is that we just, we hope, I mean, it's obviously something pretty serious, but we just hope he's okay, his family are okay. And yeah, so that's pretty grim, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds, sounds pretty severe and we don't know anything about that. But, um, yeah, sending sending love because uh, yeah. it was it was really amazing for him to be called up and he deserved to be there and just seems like a really really good dude. Any consolation shouldn't be his last World Cup. No, not at all. Both his quality, but yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, to go straight home it shows the severity of whatever's happened. Yeah. So best of luck to him. Um, any other business? Not a footballing matter, but I suppose on a musical note, I defer to you on this. But some sad news that came through this evening. Yeah, Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac passed away after a short illness. Um, we were going to play out on something, but we haven't got anything cleared, unfortunately. We didn't want to risk it. Yeah, super sad. Countless, countless hours that were improved, countless days that were made better for her talent. Mm. And like, you know, it's so strange, isn't it? These relationships have musicians where you'll never meet them, you'll never, but they've given you days of comfort. What an incredible thing, isn't it? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'd recommend going to check, checking some of the older Fleetwood Mac stuff if you're only familiar with the the more poppy 80s stuff because there's some stuff in there. I, the thing is, there have been so many iterations <laughs> that was, of Fleetwood. That was my bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, me too. The but. amazing thing about those artists that were huge back in the day, you know, Fleetwood Mac, all the rest of them, Bowie, all these, their evolution was incredible. Their ear for what was relevant, for what was moving. That generation of like 70s, 80s musicians that just, they gave it to us, man. They gave it to us. And, and she is someone, you look at all the tributes on social media and you're thinking, 
What an incredible life. You die at 79, a universally admired, acclaimed, adored, like, and not just the, for the music, but some of the hilarious stories about her as a person, the great anecdotes. It's just. I didn't realize that you were such a Fleetwood Mac fan. Oh my God. I was, yeah, yeah, wow. huge. Yeah, 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 huge. I just don't. You mentioned Lucky there, and I think that's uh, apt because, um, you know, some people were lucky to get out of the groups. Absolutely. Some, yes. Some people were unlucky to go home. So um, we're going to play out on the Universal Togetherness Band track called Lucky Stars. I'm going to leave it there for tonight. And we'll be back tomorrow night. And the one after that. And the one <laughs> 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 uh, Much love, everyone. Don't forget to check Rice House if you haven't already. Don't forget to check the Stadio Outros playlist. You can hear songs like this and all the others that we play out on each episode. Search for Stadio Outros on Spotify. Anything you want to happen to Okwongo? Nothing further. Much love, everyone. See you tomorrow. See you then. Okay.